Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. I've been wanting to preach this message for a long, long time. Every time I see fireworks, I would get this download from God about us being like a firework and our lives being like fireworks. Yeah. So let's pray so that we can be the firework display God wants us to be. Jesus, thank you so much for 4th of July and thank you for fireworks. Thank you, God, for our nation and thank you, Lord, for this house. Thank you, God, for the right people being here and for you bringing the ones that are called and on a mission. Lord, we love you and I thank you for fresh vision and I pray that anytime we ever see or watch fireworks again, we would think about this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> so I had all this vision about different types of fireworks. A single firework exploding by itself, though really cool, is actually a distraction. One firework with a loud kaboom and nothing else is a distraction. Now you say, oh, that's kind of cool, but it took my gaze off what I was doing. The best way I can give you as an example is when I'm in worship, corporate worship, and we're all singing this beautiful, sweet melody, and it's a sweet spirit, and we're all in unity, and somebody goes, oh! That's happened many times, by the way. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna strangle you. Now, now listen. They're getting touched by God and they're groaning out in the spirit. But one person groaning by themselves is a distraction. That's why praying in tongues above everyone else and not corporately is a distraction. Now us all praying together in tongues gently or peacefully or even aggressively. We're all Come on, everybody. Let's pray in the spirit right now. Everybody, if you ever hear me say everybody pray in the spirit, there's unity, there's not, not confusion because we're all praying together. But if we're all like, if I say, okay, guys, just worship and pray gently, and somebody goes, and if it's not the gift of tongues with an interpretation, you are a distraction. Because what God's doing corporately is meant for corporate, not always individual. And so I've seen people... I'll give you an awesome example. Don't get offended. No, I know she won't. The tambourine. The tambourine. Now, Marlene loves the tambourine, but she's heard this story. Some of y'all, not everybody can play a tambourine. I'm telling you right now. I know there's some serious professional tambourine players out there. But I don't think most of y'all are it. <clears throat> So I remember way back in the day uh, in, a, in a church I was a part of in Tulsa, before I get, got there, and this is, I mean, we're going back to the 90s, uh, there was somebody that was always allowed to play the tambourine in church. There's a reason why we don't allow tambourines in church, just so that you know. Now, there may be a time for the tambourine. You feel it coming on right now? But this per so they had a tambourine player in this church, and this tambourine player played the tambourine all the time. It didn't matter the song. If it was a jump and dance and praise song, they may have somewhat been on beat, 
but man, you were singing Amazing Grace and hearing ka-ching, 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 right? Like they play the tambourine all the time. And the problem is what you hear on the stage, what the musicians hear there, and what you hear here is delayed. So you're actually, you think you're on time, but you're not, and then you're messing up the musicians. And so this church said to this person, no more tambourine. And that person said, oh, there is no way I'm getting rid of my tambourine. And they said, oh, yeah, you're going to stop playing. They started recording. Daryl Evans was there. They recorded the, us, the River Flows, the church I was a part of. And they're like, oh, you're going to stop playing tambourine. This person's like, no, I'm not going to stop playing tambourine. God told me to play the tambourine. And the pastor said, I don't care what God told you. I'm telling you, stop playing the tambourine. And so this person said, I'm not going to stop playing tambourine. And it got ugly. It got ugly. But the main point I'm trying to tell you is the tambourine actually became a distraction. Right? right? Here's another example. I go to Myrtle Beach uh, every year. And I don't know that I'll be going this next year because we've been going to North Carolina. But I go with Brad McClendon, these leaders from all around the country. And Brad would always get these beach houses in Myrtle Beach on the beach. Somebody would donate it to him. And we would be sitting there having prayer meetings. And I guess you can shoot fireworks off on the beach in Myrtle Beach. And so we're sitting there and we're in a prayer meeting or whatever. And we, suddenly somebody would light off a firework, like a bottle rocket out on the beach, right out the window. We'd be in this prayer meeting and it'd go, kapow. And we'd all go like that. And we'd go back to praying. And a few minutes later, kapow. Now, though that might be kind of cool. And I like bottle rockets and I like loud noises. It was a distraction. It was one single firework off by itself making a loud boom, and it was a distraction. Various diverse fireworks at the same time is a confusing cacophony. Now, I don't know about y'all. Tonight's gonna be different, but we had friends, Josh and Meredith, that lived here. They moved away. They lived out by London School District where you could go shoot off fireworks, and a bunch of families would go out there every year. Now, have y'all ever been in a situation where you have kids running everywhere with, with sparklers and some people with punks and then parents are all over the place and maybe some people are drinking and then you got fountains and Roman candles and bottle rockets and firecrackers and next thing you know, it's like total chaos. Anybody? Kids' hands are practically getting blown off. A bottle rocket just whizzed by my ear. Anybody? That's why, listen, alcohol and fireworks, a bad combination, all right? Little unsupervised kids, bad combination. So it's just, it's just total chaos. Unsupervised fireworks with kids is a total hazard. Fireworks not properly packed are destructive and go off at the wrong time in the wrong way and can blow it all up. Every year, we tend to hear of a story somewhere around the world where the fireworks display, the whole thing caught fire because the firework was packed, was not packed properly. A failed firework is a misfire. We often call it a dud, but it's not. If the firework, if you light the fuse and it doesn't do anything, it was a misfire. And a firework that leaves the mortar but doesn't function properly in the air, hence falling back to the ground unexploded, is a dud. It's a dud. A dud is a device, person, or enterprise that proves to be a failure. 
a failure to explode after being fired. All of those things I just mentioned happen in the kingdom. They all happen in the kingdom, especially duds. But there's something else that happens in the kingdom, and it's what I call a beautiful grand display of the grand finale. And there is a grand finale, a beautiful grand finale. You know what the grand finale is? It's the end game. It's God's end game, right? It's really the beautiful display of how all of us were designed to be lit together, explode together, and display together the greatness of who God is to all the world. I'm gonna show it to you in the Bible. But I've always thought of fires. When I see a firework display going off, I see your name in the middle of it. Pow, pow. And I see your name. And then all of a sudden, I see the body of Christ lit and on fire together. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. This is a great example of what I'm talking to you about today. Don't you know that all those who run in a race all run? We're all running, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, don't run like someone running aimlessly and don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified or become a dud or a misfire or mispacked for the prize. So the first thing I wanna show to you is when the Apostle Paul says to keep it under, to keep our body under or to strike a blow to our body. It connotates a boxer who buffets his body or handles it roughly and disciplines it by hardship. It means to beat your body black and blue with intolerable annoyance to subdue your passions. And I'm not talking about cutting or self-mutilization. What I'm talking about is my flesh is always wanting to override my spirit but the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So I have to beat my body, which is why I say to you, others may, but I may not. That means some of you may need to change your phone numbers. It means you may need to get people out of your phone. You may need to block people. You may need to shut down Facebook. The problem with Facebook is about 10 times a week, I get a random porn invite to join some WhatsApp with some crazy group of some sexually half-naked girl on my Facebook. So you know what I do? I report and block them every single time. But if I wasn't beating my body and if I was weak in my flesh, one cl- I'm one click away from a trap. One click away from a trap. So I have to be extra aggressive. So do you. And the problem is, is when you're not so into the spirit, your flesh is always wanting, man, a hookup. I want to be comforted. I want to feel good. I want to have some sex. I want to get drunk. I want to just check out. It's too much pressure, too much struggles, too much challenges. But only Jesus can resolve that. But you got to get aggressive. We're talking about cleansing yourself so you can be used by God. We're talking about buffeting your body and bring it into subjection. And that's the next thing I want to say. What does it mean to bring your body into subjection? It means to lead by laying a hold of and to bring to its destination like an animal. To influence the mind and move or impel it the way you want it to go. 
to be subject with severe and stern, rigid discipline. I used to break horses when I was a kid. I know some of you never knew that, but I grew up on 32 acres in Kansas, outside of Kansas City, Missouri, and my dad had quarter horses, and he raises uh, all these quarter horses. We have colts and fillies, and the best way to break them is we would put a halter on them to get used to the halter, and then we would tie them to a post, and that horse would, that filly or colt would fight that post sometimes breaking a leg, sometimes getting injured. Rarely, but in a course of 20 years, we, I, we would see that. And this is how my dad did it. And so he would break that horse by it, learning to not resist so that you could lead it to its destination. Sometimes we gotta be tied to the, in fact, we always gotta be tied to the cross. That's your post, right? So that we don't fight when God wants to lead us, but now I'm the one leading my flesh with the help of God. I'm putting it into subjection. Put that scripture back up there, please. It's uh, verse 27. Discipline my body and bring it into subjection. I get it. Lonely, alone, pressures, stresses, if it's just so, sometimes you just say, man, I just want to get high. I just want to get drunk or just a little toke or just a few beers. The problem is for some of you, others may, but you may not. That's my story. And so what I'm saying is you have no, you, it's, you've got this extreme thing going on in your life where one drink leads to a whole bottle. I'm just telling you the truth. And so you got to beat your body in subjection. No, I, actually, I can't watch that. No, I do not want to see how hot that girl is in a bikini. I don't. And so you got to get aggressive. I don't know what your thing is. But what I do know is, is I want you to be lit, packed, and explode properly. That's what I want. So we go into strict training. We beat our bodies into subjection. We're not aimless. We run to win. That's why you have to get the fear of God inside of you. You have to get eternity inside your heart. If I don't have eternity inside of me, I'll have no fear of God, and now I'll just do whatever I want to do. And that's not something I can really put into you. It's something that he puts into you, and you realize I can't keep living the same way that I used to live. So we enter into the strict training. And when we get lit personally, we join together with those who are lit corporately, creating an incredible display of God's wonder and power to be seen by all. All right? Sometimes we misfire, constantly lighting a fuse that goes nowhere and does nothing. We have expectations of a beautiful and colorful explosion, yet nothing happens. Do you ever feel that way? We keep lighting the fuse with someone else's borrowed lighter or punk only to live in, a, in constant disappointment. If I were to follow you, I would become like you. Or if I was like you, we would be highly attracted to each other, only to wallow in our own dysfunction and misery. You know what Jesus said about those kind of people? Matthew 15, 13, and 14, every plant that my heavenly father is not planted will be pulled by the roots. Leave them, leave them, they're blind guides. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a pit. So one of the things that happens when you have lots of people coming in out of the world that are barbarian by nature is there's this attracted thing. That's what's happened in Redeemed. 
But now a lot of you get strong and healthy when those people come in. It won't be a hookup culture, a party culture. More people meet people just like them in AA and NA and even in Redeemed. And next thing you know, those same spirits attract to each other. That's not how it's supposed to be. Right? What's supposed to happen is you're supposed to get healthy and strong and pull those other people up and out of it, not use them for your own pleasure. Sometimes our lives are one constant distraction. Lots of noise and self-centered attention with no clear direction or purpose. Cool for a second with lots of pops, lots of gifts and lots of potential. Yet alone, isolated and aimless. Do any of you feel that way? Oh, you got my attention, but then it was over. If I were to follow you, I would go nowhere and would feel a real sense of loss or hopelessness. Wanting more, but not knowing what that is. And I would be all over the place just like a phantom disciple. You know what a phantom disciple is? We, I know phantom disciples. You're here today and gone tomorrow. Where did you come? Where'd you go? Where are you at? I used to have a guy that was so gifted and talented that I loved that was highlighted to me by God. And this guy would go all in, and he's not here, by the way, so I'm not talking about you. This guy would go all in, gifts would pop. I'm talking like popping gifts. But then the next week, the guy was MIA. And I'm like, where did he go? And then I would say, look, I really see something on you. got to, man, you got to call a God. I'm, I want to promote you. Oh, yeah, 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 that sounds good. Oh, I'm all in. And the next week, only to find out years later, this guy had some major secret sin issues in his life. Don't be that guy or girl. See, I'm circumcising some hearts today. When you go all in, go all in. I'm sorry if, you know, some days I'm gonna preach better than others. Some days I'm gonna be real hot and some days not. It doesn't matter. We stay the course because we're a family. So these type of people are Jude 1, 12, and 13. They're spots in your love feasts. They may be present while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. Clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Woo! Don't be that firework. Sometimes our lives are like constant diverse fireworks, like a wildfire with no purpose but to make a lot of noise, do a lot of things, and dazzle in all kinds of ways. If I were to follow you, I would spend a lot of money wander around like a nomad, and never have a steady home. Although we may have a lot of fun on the way, you're more like a gypsy spirit whose house is built on the sand. You know what a gypsy spirit is? I really know a gypsy spirit because I was a deadhead. 45 Grateful Dead concerts, twirling glow sticks and tripping LSD and wearing tie-dyes. I was a nomad. You know what a nomad is? They never have a home. Colorful, bright, dancing, radiant, and it's a full-time party. But you never settle. You never dig roots. You never have a family. There's zero accountability. It's an anarchy spirit. And I can smell these people miles away. You know why? Because they walk in and tell me I'm the latest, greatest thing that they prayed for forever. They're hyper-spiritual, prophetic. They got all this millions of stuff they've done in ministry, and I can already tell you they're not gonna last here but a week or two. They don't actually join to anything. I'm almost done, just, just hear me out. 
When our lives aren't bridled by God and remain undisciplined spiritually, we become a hazard to those we love the most. Instead of a beautiful display of God's wonder and beauty, we use our gifts to misuse and abuse others. We aren't packed right. When we should be filled with God's spirit of love and power, our mispacked hurts and pains and fears and our own intellectual guidance blow everyone up around us and it kills us. We are a toxic tree and a toxic Christian eating from the wrong tree. Hebrews 12, 15, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble and therefore, uh, and, this, and then many people become defiled, right? So you gotta get bitterness and unforgiveness out of your heart. And you have to understand that if you have any bitterness and unresolved issues, I love what Prophet Kevin taught me. I'll tell it to you. You use this. Unresolved issues buried alive never die. Let's say that. Unresolved issues buried alive never die. They just become landmines for your future. You know anybody that... And look... I've been married before. I've had countless blow-ups. But some people, five, six marriages, and then they marry the same people just like the last five or six people they were married to. It's the same cyclical pattern. Unresolved issues blowing up your future and everywhere you go. Right? So God God has a way of of dealing with those landmines now. And then I'm going to finish with this. And then there's the dud. The person who always hears and even receives the word with joy, only to have no explosion and no fruit, no power, yet looking godly, hears, not doers. They have a form of godliness. I mean, look at that firework. I mean, it is three feet tall, cost me 150 bucks, and you light it and bam, it takes off only to come back to the ground with no explosion. They look good, but they have no power. They have no idea where they are or who they are. You may have an idea of what you're supposed to do, and you may even get off the ground for a moment, only to keep falling flat repeatedly. It's a fruitless tree and a rocky soil that gets choked out repeatedly. So my question is, what kind of firework are you? I know what I see and what I don't see. I want to make sure you all understand something. I don't see any duds in here today. I would never say you're a dud, you're a dud, you're a dud, ever. I don't care how bad you are. You are not a dud, you are not a dud. And I don't want you to misfire. And if you've been packed wrong, what I say is let's unpack you. Let's unpack all your baggage. The abuse from your parents, the abuse from past churches. I don't know what it is. Massive amounts of drugs and pain. And I don't care if you slept with 150 people. Whatever it is, we got to unpack all those hurts that keep causing you to run back and get you repacked because I'm a really good fuse lighter. She's a good fuse lighter. She's a good fuse lighter. He's a good fuse lighter. But we light fuses and you misfire or you come back to the ground with no explosion. But guess what we'll do? We'll keep repacking you and we'll keep relighting you. I never give up on anybody. I don't ever think you're that bad, ever. Because if I compare you to the apostle Paul, who was a murderer, or what David did, who was called a man after God's own heart, it depends what I'm comparing you to. In fact, I just stopped comparing you. I say, man, you're jacked up. Just say, yeah, I'm jacked up. I shouldn't have done that. But you know what? I love you. Let's make it right. Why is it so, why do we get our feelings hurt so much? I say, no, y'all shouldn't be sleeping together. Sorry, it's out of God's design. No, marriage doesn't make you married. I'm sorry, sleeping together doesn't make you married. Somebody told me that recently. 
Oh, well, you know, we've been having sex, so, so in God's eyes, we're married. I'm like, eh, not, you are not married. Stop. Say, well, well, sex made, the, made it the marriage. No, it didn't. A covenant makes marriage. The sex consecrates the covenant. Covenant comes from an agreement before God's eyes. And I say, unless, I'm gonna tell you right now, you can, if you went to the JP or wherever you went and you got married, I'm gonna still celebrate your marriage and I'm gonna believe that now you are one, I'm gonna walk it through with you. And it may be hard and I may not agree with it. But I tell people all the time, if you don't want me to counsel you or us to counsel you, do it the way we believe God said, the justice of the peace is right around the corner. And if you go get married there, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna love you even more. I'm gonna celebrate you and I'm gonna say congratulations. I'm gonna help you to do it right. But I expect you to do it right and not be toxic. And I may not agree to how you did it, but you know, once you get married, we're gonna walk this out with you. I don't ever give up on anybody, no one. No one's that bad but I may hold you to standards. Stop being a liar. And you know what? If there's cheating and stealing and, and if there's cracks in your foundation, guess what? I'm a really good person of repairing foundations and so is she and so is she and she and him and him and her. Let's get some foundations repaired. You know what Jesus does? He fixes broken. Yes, he does. This isn't a good old boy Christian elite club. We're not in Utopiaville. Christian utopia, it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. They were doing it all wrong when they walked in. Some of our most on fire, everybody loves celebration, was so jacked up, they were shacking up and cracking up. And they had a bunch of kids and said, well, we already got all these kids been together this long. We, we, why do we need to get married? But then God dealt with them. And next thing you know, I'm saying one of the first ma- early on marriages I did, Rock City. How long y'all been married? Four years. Going on four years. How many kids? Seven. Jesus. All right, I'm going to close with this. The grand finale. Think grand finale, right? Like I see all of us together with Jesus when he returns. You know, every eye is going to see Jesus coming back. You know that, right? There's a grand finale coming. But we don't have to wait for the grand finale now when we can all pop together. See, that's what I loved about this conference. When I watched many, not everybody got a word, but when I watched your children or you get a word or the worship of this sanctuary, this church was a grand finale over and over and over again, popping. And here's a great scripture for you. Let me show you this scripture. This is an awesome scripture. Like this really will put it into perspective. Matthew 5 verse 14. Matthew chapter five, verse 14. You are the firework. That's how I read it. You're the the light. In fact, if you look up this word light, they didn't have like lantern, like a, 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 a propane lantern. It was oil and it was a torch. It was an actual fire then, right? Jesus says he's looking for burning torches and oh, how he wishes when he comes back he would find some. Be a burning, blazing torch, but not alone. God never designed you to go it alone. God always designed us to be a grand finale together. So you're the light of the world. A city that, I'm gonna rephrase this. You are, you're the light of the world. Stop hiding. That's how I read it. Come out of hiding. Oh, you got issues? Yeah, well, let's work on it. That's why we're here. 
Oh, you're hurt, angry, mad, don't understand, ignorant, sleeping around, hooked on porn, getting drunk, smoking crack, doing heroin. I don't know what it is. We have it all here. We don't have the drugs here. Well, we've had the drugs here on the altar many a time. Not for the taking. Not for the taking. Everybody say, I'm the light of the world. And I can't be hidden. When you really become the light, you can't hide. You can run. You can run. But once God marks you, you'll never be the same. That's why after I got born again, all my, I only had, I didn't have a rock city. I was living in Miami, Florida, and all my friends were going to the reggae clubs and Miami Beach, and, you know, we had Disco Inferno back then. It was called the Disco Inferno, really, Sunday nights, disco music. And I remember going after I got born again, flamed on, and I didn't have anybody, no pastors, no church, nothing, and I walked into the Disco Inferno, and something had changed with my vision, Suddenly, the drink wasn't doing what the drink used to do. Suddenly, the high didn't feel as good as it used to feel. Suddenly, conviction was hitting me. And now, when I'm looking around at every, the mosh pit and the dancing and the drugs and the, the platform shoes and the miniskirts and all the party, and what would normally have been epically awesome was suddenly incredibly dark for me. And I realized I'm not where I'm supposed to be anymore. Right, yes. Something changed on the inside. Which is why I'm not out to try to clean you up. I'm out to get the conviction in you. Let the strippers come here in the miniskirts. What I got to deal with is the guys that are part of this church not wanting to hook up with the girls in the miniskirts. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so it's just changed on the inside. Because once you get lit up and you're packed properly and you, you shoot up in the sky... Like a right firework, guess what? Everybody sees it. <clears throat> Next verse. Nor do you light a lamp and hide it. Stop. That's why I'm so proud of so many of you. Right. So proud. Yes. Some of you just said, I don't care. You put your experience that, that was recorded for all the world to see. Yes. And you put it up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Your prophecies, shaking, trembling, crying, screaming out. And I can already hear all your old friends saying, what has happened to you? I used to like you. You used to be fun. You're some nice little church girl now. Just tell them to shut up and delete them, block them, or just say, listen, hey, I know you don't understand, but I'm a changed person and you need a witness to them. There's another thing. See, for me, I wasn't strong enough when I came out of my old life to witness to my old friends. I tried to witness to him while I was talking on a bong. It didn't work. It didn't work. So I had to have a season. Everybody say there's a season. Think of Moses. He was called out of Egypt 40 years. And then where God called Moses to? Back to Egypt. Because now, instead of being like them, you will be different and you'll be the contrast and say, what is it about you? Why aren't you doing what you used to do? Wait a minute, you're hanging out here and you're not, you don't want to have a drink? Yeah, no, I don't. Now I walk into the same bars with a big giant yellow cross on my back as the president of the tribe of Judah, hanging out with outlaw bikers, most of which hate Jesus, but like me. You know why? Because they see the real Jesus in me, not some weird, anyway. 
and finish him with this. Nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. I wanna pause on this for a second. Do you know that this church has a lampstand and it has a fire? In fact, Revelation is written to the church, seven churches, which is a picture of all the churches all over the world. And they all have different natures. I would say ours is Revelation 2, the church of Ephesus. Full of power, full of, uh, of conviction, hating wickedness, standing the course, but forgetting their first love. You can do all the right stuff, power, prophecy, and if you don't have perfect love, See, I wanna, I wanna be like the church of Ephesus. I wanna create riots with the power of God. And I never went to storm to the temple of Diana. Fall, you pillars, no. Instead, I got all the silversmiths and all the idol workers and all the people spending money on the idols. Yeah. See, that's what I used to do. I used to drive by cheetahs and say, God, burn it down, burn it down. And I used to picture myself with a firebomb blowing it up. I say cheetahs, but it's the only example I have. This was actually pre-Corpus days. So the last thing I want to do is burn down a strip club. But I'm just explaining to you the religious thing I used to have. <clears throat> now what I want to do is just get the strippers saved and shut down the demand and get the men stopping looking at porn and wanting to go to the strip club. Or better yet, let's get the strip club owner born again. That's what, and I think he's been here. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. Because people want straight talk. Hey, I used to go to strip clubs. Not a lot, but I've been. And you know what? We have a special call for strippers in this church. A very special anointing for strippers in this church. So rejoice. And when they walk in messy, don't mess with them. There's my best advice. Let them grow in Jesus. All right, last thing, verse 16, let your light shine. Before who? So that what? They may see what? So letting your light shine in good works goes hand in hand. There is a requirement. There is a requirement, and you can do it. I believe in you. I believe in all of you. We believe in you. He believes in you. You wanna know how jacked up somebody could be? Just get Mark's story. He was a mess. He hated this church. He hated this church when he walked in. Swore he'd never come here. Now, look, he's leading worship. He's not micromanaged. He's loved. He's cared for. His family's flamed on. And has it been easy? No. No. But is it worth it? Yes. 100%. People will glorify God when they see the normal. They just need to see something normal. Most people don't know what normal Christianity looks like. Most people don't know the real Jesus. My hope is that I can show it to you. And that she would, and she would, and she would, and she would, and you would, and you would, and that all y'all, everyone here would. No matter your age, no matter your background, she's never done any drugs in her entire life, but Advil. She's got no grid but she's got Jesus's grid. Yeah. And you know that my wife swore she would never marry anybody that's been in prison, that's done drugs, that's been married, and everything I ever did. 
see, she says, let's just summon all everything you ever did. But God has a way. Because I'm not that man anymore. My past doesn't define me. So I tell my story boldly and publicly, and I kill that thing repeatedly. Because I don't care. You know why? I'm a walking dead man. Say this with me. Say, put man or woman, because I don't want a man to say he's a woman. Say this with me. Say, I'm a walking dead, say it, woman or man. That's what a martyr is. That's what somebody with a testimony is. That's a witness. You're a witness. You have a story. All of us have a story. It needs to be told, which is why I said, hey, I'll sacrifice supernormal, natural, Kevin Leal explosive dream interpretation prophecy nights for you to tell your testimony. Why? Because we're building a house. And your testimony has to be shared. And I want to say to all of you again, I'm proud of you when you share your testimonies on Facebook. Because at some point, it's going to get shut down. You'll be deemed as crazy in time. The minute you start to say, oh man, God told me, you're an activist. They're already going down. All extremists, all abstinence. Listen, I'm an extremist for Jesus. Yeah! Woo! It is what it is. Just close your eyes. Just, just take for a moment to think about what I talked about. We don't want phantom disciples, gypsy spirits. We don't want people with bitterness defiling everyone around them. Well, we don't want you to be like that. We want you. But all you have to do is say, I don't want to be like that anymore, Lord. That's all you have to say. Maybe you've been mispacked and your explosion's blowing everyone up around you. Maybe you've been a beautiful display alone, but God's called us to be together, to be repacked, reignited, and explosive in our power, in our love, the way we live. And I pray God that everyone here would be lamps set on a hill for all the world to see. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you did in the conference. And I pray that no one's fire would go out and that we wouldn't be lit for just a moment, but we'd be lit for a lifetime. I pray, God, that this would be a a true house of miracles, signs and wonders, that, Lord, would be grounded in the word, grounded on a firm foundation to stand the test of time. My prayer for this church is that would be a church of many generations long after I'm gone and you're gone, that our children would rise up full of wonder and power to take the lead into the generations to come. I pray our homes would be sanctuaries, God, filled with your glory, your wonder, your life, your power. I pray that no one here would run back to drugs and alcohol, pornography, 
hatred, anger, strife, division, fear, worry, depression. And that all of us would spend time with you every day, not just going through the motions, but sitting at your feet. May we be a church full of people that sit at your feet, God. And today as we celebrate this nation's independence from England and British rule, God, as we celebrate true freedom, liberty, and justice for all, may we realize that the only happiness we'll ever truly find is hidden in you. God, I bless everyone here. I thank you, God, for safety and wisdom tonight and that they would understand that others may, but we may not. Help us to be the difference. Help us to be a true light. I thank you so much, God, for safety, divine protection. I thank you, Lord, that there's gonna be a hunger every day more than our work, the gym, or the cares of this world we'd run to you, Lord, no matter the sacrifice. May we buffet our bodies. May we beat, them, beat the flesh to a pulp with the cross, denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following you every day. I bless you. I bless all that you do. And I pray for conviction yeah. and that you would honor it, yes. be obedient to it. Yes. And that when your eyes are seeing differently, you would say, ah, I can't do that anymore. That's my prayer for you. Thank you for strong marriages, children, families. And I thank you, God, that this church is on fire and explosive and powerful and filled with a beautiful grand finale of fireworks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give.